Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 601. That's right, last week was 600. It felt like a real milestone. Uh, it's the podcast to do with uh, music technology, uh, synthesizers, uh, production, all kinds of stuff. We even may talk a little bit, uh, well, we might even talk a bit about guitars. Who knows? It does come up occasionally. Um, But yeah, this is the last but one show before uh, Christmas because uh, Christmas falls on the 25th. So next week is the 18th and then we've got two weeks off and then we come back on the 8th of January. And I think I figured out how we can do a Christmas quiz. I've just got to get the final details. So I'm looking at about four rounds of 10 questions. And if anybody would like to submit any questions, uh, then or ra- around, then we could possibly do that. Or if you're maybe a manufacturer, software person, and you'd like to have a prize, get uh, donate a prize for the quiz. Just get in touch, uh, and we'll try and do this ad hoc thing. I've I've created this uh, very sp- it's Google Forms goes into a spreadsheet that auto tots up, and it means I'm not I didn't want to do multiple choice, so you, someone can read around and tick the boxes to see who scored. So it should actually work. I'm quite pleased with the uh, the outcome. I've just got to sort it out. So yeah, hopefully we're going to have a Christmas quiz next week with the winner being announced. Actually, out winners being announced actually on the show. So there we go. That's what we're working on. Anyway, I want to say hello to our guests. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Robbie Pericelli, who is. Uh, also known as Failed Muser. You might have seen him before. We did an interview with him because um, he was restoring uh, the Fairlight and we had a really great listen into the... Uh, it was Ian Stanley's and the libraries and it was just... It was a, it was a real uh, fantastic sort of... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vintage fest. Vintage sample fest. Mm. Uh, Robbie very kindly came on today because we were at the last minute. There was uh, there, We didn't have any guests and uh, he very kindly jumped in, which uh, means he may or may not have had time to look at the topics or not. How are you, Robbie? I have. Excellent. I'm good, thank you. Thanks Thanks for asking me to come along. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Excellent. So uh, what's that you got behind you? I can see a Korg prophecy. Which What mark of Fairlight do we have uh, going on there at the moment? Uh, that one is a Series 2X, which is, in my opinion, the you know, peak Fairlight. That's the best. Um, and it's it's my little kind of side project. All the other Fairlights that come through here are you know, for clients and stuff, but this one is the one that I, I intend to um, keep uh, if I if I speak to the um, my partner nicely. Um, so, yeah, it's a 2X. It's just kind of slowly coming on. Um, it's a Series 1 keyboard, actually. That's So that's a really early keyboard, but it works absolutely fine with that. And we've got SD drives in there now and full set of voice cards, and it's all singing and doing its stuff. Um, so, yeah, we just need a monitor and a light pen and the old um, alphanumeric to, to go with it. But uh, they are rare as the proverbial rocking horse doo-doo. Yeah, I can imagine. So, uh, how long how long is it taking you to get to uh, the state it's currently in? Is it a labour of love, or has it been something that's uh, come together quite quick? No, this they they rarely come together quickly. Any of them. The the series threes are a lot easier because they're they're more abundant and uh, and easier to to fix because they 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 share a lot of stuff with modern day technology. So it's it's kind of easy to get those going. These not so much. So this one I actually picked up from uh, a mutual friend of ours, Tony in Bath, um, and he uh, what is that? That must have been five years ago at least. Oh, right. and it's That's just like every year, every year, yeah, every year something you know. Like this year, we got the SD card drive and a full set of voice cards because I only had one, so I had one voice. I had a monophonic Fairlight. Um, so now we've got the full set of voice cards in the SD card. That's that's 20, 2019 done. So next year we might get a keyboard. We might get the monitor or the light pen. So we'll see. 
Well, good luck with that. And uh, th once again, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we also have Pleasure. Mr. Ty Unwin, a a a.k.a. Uh, Santa, who's uh, in his uh, beautifully decorated <laughs> home with, I can see, <laughs> lights everywhere. It's a lovely, it's a very lovely site. Ty Unwin, of course, media composer, um, taking a bit of time off to, uh, well, just to have Christmas. How are you, Ty? Are you well? Taking time off to put up stupid Christmas decorations. Um, I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm really good. I'm actually quite chilled and relaxed and not stressed, and I, I'm not quite sure what's going on. I've done, it must um, be great. It is great. I mean, everyone knows when you 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 kind of work your socks off for, and you have no break whatsoever. Just when when that break happens, it's uh, it's quite special. And it's you get, as I said, you get ill. Before. That's what usually happens, isn't it? You let go and uh, no, just I'm get. Just to... Sorry, I'm not joking aside. I'm I'm just about to. I woke uh, up this morning with a sore throat. So, um, and for me, that's always what happens. That's the it's a standard fare with me. I get a sore throat, and then I go down with a cold or whatever. So, um, so I'm just on the way, just for Christmas. Yay. Oh, it'll be fine. You'll be you'll be able yeah, to, you'll be fine. able to work it out. Anyway, well, thank you very much for joining us, Ty and uh, Robbie. So, um, I want to say a couple of things actually. First of all, we've got uh, uh, a new sponsor, uh, Splice.com, have offered us uh, you get a thirty day free uh, sign up to their uh, hundred sound. Um, normally, it's you get fourteen days free, but if you want to get, you can you can sign up. Uh, to their system millions and millions of sounds plus all that brilliant stuff about sort of storage and project sharing and all that kind of thing uh, and I will give you details a little bit about that later on actually I could do that now couldn't I because then we can uh, uh, um, and I'll do it later as well so uh, yeah we're using the URL it's quite important that you use this URL because it's the one they're tracking and it's on.splice.com forward slash 347 MPJ capital Q so that's on.splice.com slash 347-MPJ-Q. And the promo code is SonicState100, and you'll get uh, free access to that. You do have to put credit card details in, but you can cancel. And if you download anything in that month, you get to keep it. So uh, that sounds like a good plan. So anyway, um, but let's get on with a few topics, because there is actually a bit of news, even though Christmas is... Uh, normally, Christmas kind of blots everything out, but we're still... They're still coming, so let's start with this guy. Z-Plane technology is used to make many of the biggest hits in the world by top artists and producers. Now you can use it to decode any song and learn to play it in minutes. In seconds, Decoder can tell you the key, tempo, chords, where the verses and choruses are, and more. Using Decoder is as simple as adding your favorite song and letting Decoder help you figure it out. Decoder offers features that make learning a song more effortless than ever. Using a mouse when trying to learn a song is impractical, but working with Decoder is just a few keyboard strokes or on Windows you can use touch. This one simple feature frees you to keep your hands on your instrument rather than the computer. You can so I'll summarize that. Basically, Z-Plane are the guys that uh, they make a lot of the pitch and time stuff. Uh, for some of the major DAWs and some hardware. It gets licensing, so it's really sort of fast and efficient analytics stuff. And the decoder is essentially a way you can put a track in. It'll 
it'll sort of decode it. It even figures out where sort of verses and chorus are, gives you the chord progressions, which, you know, you think, well, why do I need that? But actually, if you've got a set to learn or you're trying to learn a song, it can make it really, really fast because it just throws it out to you and you can write your chord charts. And, you know, because mostly, I mean, a lot of musicians, I'm sure um, many of you out there will probably understand this, this thing where you basically get the gig at the last minute because the drummer's ill or whatever it may be. And you've got to learn a two-hour set in 24 hours or whatever it may be. So this allows you to kind of get that over the hill very, very quickly. And for working musicians, I think it'd be quite handy. But, I mean, they're pitching it more as also uh, the idea that, you know, if you just want to learn a song, it's going to decompose it or decode it, I think is the word. Decompose would be a very bad thing. And then you can just figure out how it goes. I don't don't know. I mean, Ty, I get the feeling that, you know, I I know you did some midge gigs, I mean, but you were involved in that. But you're the sort of guy, I imagine, when you're gigging that would get the call the night before saying, can you... Yeah, yeah, I am. I've, I've, yeah, I've done a fair amount of that over the years, and uh, I'm really lucky. I'm really, really fortunate that because um, I've done it so long, and I just I have a, a good ear, and so essentially I can just listen to anything and just know straight away what the chords are, and I can just kind of hear where it's meant to go and do it. I'm, I'm really lucky, really fortunate. Um, so w- when I was in Redbox, for example, you know, kind of. The, they'd start. We'd, they'd start writing a song, and I'd come in later in the day, and um, they only had to play it once, and that was it. I kind of knew. I knew. Oh, you sort of got a so photographic method, memory, or yeah. I don't, I don't know how or why I do it, and people. I don't know how I do it really, but it's just there. So I only kind of need to hear it once, and then I can, I, I can kind of play it. But you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I think the software is, is great because anything that helps to strip away the kind of the mystery of this kind of thing is um, is wonderful because, and educational because people can take their favorite songs and suddenly realize that 80% of music all uses the same stuff again and again <laughs> and again and again. Well, it'd be great and if you could so tell you what sample library it was doing as well. Just, yeah, exactly. by the way, yeah, this was that synth. <laughs> yeah, but anything that takes away the mystery because, you know, if you're starting out or you're, you know, kind of you're, you're wanting to go into this world, you know, initially it seems as if it's impossible. Do you know what I mean? It seems like right. it, it, it's really difficult. But the reality is, as I always keep saying, it's not actually that. When you strip it away to basics, it's not that difficult. It really isn't. And there's a lot of repetition and a lot of, a lot of simplicity in there. So anything that can help people to learn that is 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 wonderful. I think the only thing to be careful of, with this is that I've used things before that have essentially supposedly had chord recognition in and unless the chords are fairly blatantly obvious, my experience in the past has been that the chord recognition is, you know, I'd say 70, 75% of the time you'll get it. But if you go anywhere that's even vaguely complicated, it just, it can't handle it. So. Oh, okay. But, that's worth it's, it, but you know, kind of going in knowing that, I think it, I think it's great, and also the price. I mean, it's full price is only is it forty nine dollars or something? Forty nine euros, twenty twenty nine till the end of January. So you know, twenty nine. I mean, I'm not being funny, but for twenty nine euro, any as you say, any gigging musician, anyone that could need to, you know, kind of learn a set quickly, and it's amazing. I wish I'd had this thirty years ago. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of... I don't know, Robbie, whether you're a live player or whether this is, or you have to learn songs. I mean, I don't, so uh, fortunately this isn't necessarily aimed at me, but it might be useful. 
Yeah, and, and I, I agree with everything that Ty's just said. I'm, I'm, I'm not a live player. Uh, for, I haven't been one for a long time, and I'm a drummer anyway, so we get the simple bits. Um, but I love this kind of thing. I love deconstructing songs. Um, it, where, if I can never get hold of a multi-track or uh, somebody has programmed a track-by-track track MIDI recreation of, of, a, of a track, I, I love going in and, and you know just learning. And as Ty has said, you, th- you think some of this stuff is really complicated. Actually, there's a huge amount of simplicity in there, but you only find that by breaking it down and looking at it piece by piece. And I love reverse engineering that. I am actually thinking about doing something live next year, uh, me and someone else, um, just, you know, synth and vocal, bit kind of Yazoo style thing. Um, and I want to program some stuff. And so I've been listening to various tracks and, and trying to find people's websites where they've deconstructed songs and then, you know, use that to inspire me. But this is great. And for the price, it's fantastic. I'm going to buy it as soon as I come off here because it's, I think it's incredibly useful as an educational tool as well as for, you know, maybe the gigging musician. Yeah, I think I'm just looking at uh, what does it run on? It, uh, musical navigation, it gives you uh, change temp. Yeah, uh, uh, I think you can also change the tempo and the pitch as well. So you could slow it down and transpose it as as well. Let's see, what does it say? Uh, yeah, I saw that. that, that yeah, it works again, that's really on useful uh, OS X. 10.7 windows 7 uh and apparently the the analyzation the analyzing is very very quick as well but it's just a really cool thing I, and it just came up yesterday and the, the the guy that uh said you know the pr guy that said oh this is he just said the technology is amazing because the z plane people are obviously very smart cookies a lot of their licensing goes out to to other products that you know is used for all of that pitch and time and analyzing stuff so it probably is quite good but we can see you can find out about it it's called decoder with a c and an A on the end. Dot app is the um, the place. I think you can. Can you see that there? But the reality I is, I mean, for that kind of money, you know, twenty nine euros. Even if it's even if it's only quite good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? For that kind of money. It's exactly. such a useful, useful thing to have for almost anyone. To be fair, anyone mm. I think would be able to benefit or learn something from it, even if it's just sticking in their favorite track just to exactly as you know robbie said just to take it apart deconstruct it analyze it and find what it is they like about it yeah i'd like to see it in action on a a, a track i get and i know that they won't do that in an advert because of copyright strikes and stuff but i would like to i don't know if there's a demo version but i'd like to throw a few things at it uh, to test you know throw something simple in throw some kind of acid jazz funk stuff in there with loads of complex chord changes and see how it handles that um just to see how good it is but like like ty said for that money even if it only does a handful of tracks for you it'll get you halfway to where you want to be it's nothing is it yeah i mean can't hear you nick Excuse me. Can't hear you, Nick. I've oh, just got, you. yeah, I, mean, I pressed the wrong button and it auto mutes me. Yeah, I, it just seems like a no brainer if it works. Definitely. I mean, it, you know, you only need to save an hour of your time for it to be kind of more or less worth it or a couple of hours. Absolutely. So let's go. All right. Um, so uh, let's, well, actually, let's do our uh, splice thing because I think that might be a bit of the easiest. I can get that in and out of the way quick. Uh, uh, new sponsor from Sp- uh, Splice. Let's just, uh, let's run their little ad. Find the perfect kick, synth preset, or MIDI melody on Splice. 
plus millions of other royalty-free one-shots and loops with more added daily. Zero in on the perfect sound filtered by tags like genre, BPM, key, and instrument. Or search for something else like a feeling or a mood. Browse, search, and preview all your sounds right from the Splice desktop app and seamlessly drag and drop them directly into your DAW. Your sounds and presets are available everywhere you make music. Keep them forever, no matter what. And they're offering a 30-day free trial of the uh, 100 Science uh, uh, program, uh, which uh, on screen now, if you can see it, it's uh, on.splice.com slash 347 MPJ capital Q. And the code is Sonic State 100, the number 100 or one. And that will give you 30 days free. Anything you download in that 30 days, uh, I think you've got 100 sounds you can get and you can keep, basically. So uh, you just need to sign up. You do need to put your credit card in, but if you cancel it before the first month, you won't get charged anything. So, you know, or you might want to stick around. Anyway, I want to say thanks to Splice for uh, um, giving it a try. Right, um, what was next? Oh, yeah, we've got a bunch of bots. Right, okay, I've got a guitar warning now. But um, the reason I'm doing this is because I think we did this once before. The first one is uh, the new, well, what what is this called? This the new one is the wire. It's, it's called Wazza Air, which is uh, Wazza is is a kind of um, it's like a boutique kind of uh, craftsmanship type thing. Um, and anyway, let's play it. So these are I don't know why nobody's done this before. It's basically a wireless guitar transmitter. You plug it into your guitar. All the DSP I presume is in the headphones. It receives the sound, and you can practice and you get access to a lot of those great tones. Which, as you can hear, they do seem to respond very well to. I wonder what the latency like. Presumably, it's Bluetooth. It may be wireless. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the ad, isn't it? But um, it's an interesting one. It's just come out, uh, and I just thought, what a great idea. Um, the, the guy who does the guitar uh, 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 used to do some guitar stuff for us, Rob. He he was immediately said, I want to try this. Can I try it? Can I try it? Because it's, you know, for lots of people who li maybe live in a shared house or where they can't make that sort of sound. I mean, putting the headphones on, it is immersive because it's got this kind of, it, I think it's similar to, you know, what, what waves do with that kind of monitoring stuff. So you, it positionally recognises where your head is and you can put the amp somewhere in the room and then as you turn around, you get, you get all of that... Um, you know, quality of uh, 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 um, what's the thing I'm looking for? The or you, you get the positional information. So it's a really interesting idea. So I've just unplugged my headphones there. I was gesticulating too wildly. Um, I think it's about what was it? It's good. It's about three nine nine. And I wondered, you know, whether you could plug synths into it as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff would work. I know, Robbie. Um, I don't know if you, you said you're a drummer, so this perhaps doesn't apply to you. But, I mean, it seems if this has got zero latency and you can just do that, I mean, I can think of a lot of people that would be into that because it means, you know, maybe they don't yeah. have to turn the amp on or whatever. They could just wander around the house all battery-powered. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, you wonder why it hasn't been done before. This, you know, this small and compact, you know, this tiny little thing, you plug it in, you've got your headphones, your DSPs in there because DSP nowadays is is you know, you can cram it into something really, really small. So don't know why. My only thought when I watched this was feedback, as in not audio feedback, but feedback from uh, the oh, settings. You you know, he's, he's rolling something on his ear to, to flick through the different settings. Well, how do I know where I am? 
are there any adjustments I can make, or is that all done in, in an app? Because I think later on in the video they show an app on on a mobile device. So I guess that's how they get around that. But brilliant, yeah. And I'd love to just stick something, you know, synthesizer-y through it and see what happens, or maybe they can do a synth version, you know. Well, I mean, I hate to bring it up, but uh, Ty, I mean, isn't it the perfect companion for that key tie you've got in the closet? <laughs> you I've never bought a key tie in my life you ever. I could, use, I could use this on the <laughs> MS-101. <laughs> yeah, you ever. could. Yeah, okay, I did have the hand grip on an SH-101, but that doesn't count. That was a long time ago. I was young. I was impressionable. <laughs> it was just a stage of my life I was experimenting. I was just trying things out. Don't ever bring that up again. There's no video evidence. You know, denial of not just a river in Egypt. No. <laughs> no, I mean, as a as a synth player, I think um, I think it's great because there's nothing worse than being in a room with bloody guitarists who just want to sit there constantly twiddling. If you have you ever honestly spend spend some time in a room with a guitarist with a guitar in their hand, it is impossible. For them not to be twiddling away they just do it constantly so honestly the moment they start stick the headphones on we're rid of them that's absolutely fine then when we need them we can just unplug them and plug them into the desk then we can record them put their headphones back on and we don't have to hear their rubbish that's my argument i think it's you know i think it's a sound one I know what you mean, actually, that it's that people playing electric guitar. I mean, this wouldn't stop that because you just wouldn't hear the amplified sound. You still hear the plectrum on the guitar strings all the time. I'd, you know. live, I'd live with that rather than hearing the, the, the same blues riff. For the I'd rather put it with a few trangles, fine. But I mean, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know, I'm joking aside, I don't know what it is about guitarists. A synth player or a keyboard player or a pianist or whatever, you can stick in front of a piano. They, they never have the urge to just sit... If you're doing something, there's other people around, they never have the urge to play. They, they know it's there, but, you know, they don't. Guitarists, if, if they're holding a guitar, it's impossible. They have to sit there and just have a fiddle. So, yeah. <laughs> As a product, I think it's absolutely great. And I, I have to say, a bit like Robbie said, really, I'm actually secretly jealous because I wish they would do something that was kind of a bit more... A similar thing, Cynthia, but it's not the same. Guitarists will pick up their guitar and wander around, and, and they can do that. We essentially, and we're not going to go into the world of guitars because they're bad. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're you saying. Know what I, mean? I think, it, I think it's absolutely great. I think it's really brilliant, and and uh, it's one of the few occasions I actually think, God, I wish I played my guitar more. Actually, because it's. Uh, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm, the only thing that I because this is three hundred ninety nine bucks. It's not a cheap thing. So I mean, it's got the little bit that you plug into your guitar, but it it seems like what it also needs is a line out bass unit, so that you could actually, you know, you could play away, but you could also plug that into something. Because at the moment, as far as I can tell, it only communicates between itself and the headphones, possibly an app on the phone. So you want to get some sort of you want to get some audio out into the world because those tones those tone sounded pretty good. You know, they sounded re certainly recordable or usable. And I don't see that there's a way to do that, which I think perhaps might be an oversight. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point, actually, because at the end of the day, if you get a tone or if you get something on there that's working really well and then you've got to recreate it on another bit of gear. Yeah, yeah. that seems that's a good point, actually. Yeah, but I, I think, mean, maybe, that, maybe I missed something, but... Yeah, I think it's really great. 
We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think it could it could be good. We'll, we'll obviously check it out at NAM. Uh, NAM's coming up very fast. It's a week earlier this year. So we're already, we booked our flights, we booked our hotel. You know, we're we're getting into the zone to uh, to, to be out there. I think uh, Matt Hodson's going to be out there as well, actually, this year. So we might well hook up with him. But yeah, that's the Boss Wazza Air, which uh, does sound a little bit like... Um, Weeing outside, possibly, but I, I won't. I, I won't. I won't go into that. You look it up. Um, Al so, Alfresco, the Waza Alfresco. Yeah, that maybe that's another idea. Um, and there's another boss one as well. Maybe we'll come back to that though, because uh, we don't want to overdo the guitar side of things. Um, so let me see. Um, actually, yeah, here we go. That's number four. So this is Sugarbytes drum computer, which is a uh, sort of drum synthesizer slash drum computer plugin. Sugarbytes drum computer is a feature-packed beat synthesis and programming machine. Three drum-specific synthesis, synthesis styles and programming machine. combined with powerful modulation and effects make a comprehensive and cutting-edge sound engine to produce a wide array of unique drum hits. These hits can be used in the clever beat programming and sequencing engine with various pattern generation tools and uniquely human randomization features. The synth engine brings an interesting twist to drum synthesis due to a combination of the specialized capabilities of the three sound generation areas. We have an 808-inspired engine, a wavetable engine, and a suave resynth engine that liquidizes sounds to produce realistic inharmonic rings and tails. So uh, this looks really good. I've, I mean, I watched the video and there's there's all sorts of custom key mapping things where you can set presets. Uh, I really, I, I've always liked the idea of a decent drum synthesizer. I've never, I think I reviewed a couple way back, but I mean, because quite often, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing Ty, this is, you know, you have to rely on libraries a lot for your drums. I, I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption here. I mean, do you have any drum synth kind of stuff that you would throw in there as well? Because this looks like right up your street for just sort of creating unique... Yeah. Rhythm sounds. I, I do use I do use a few bits of software every now and again, but most of the time, if I'm going to be using drum synth stuff, I actually because I've got quite a few synths, I just I literally just turn to one of those. I just turn to the hardware because I think when you're doing this kind of intricate stuff using uh, using percussion sounds, actually having hardware having real knobs is so much easier than software. So. You know, I'll literally, you know, if I want a kick drum that's a kind of synth kick drum, I'll get, you know, an MS-20 out or something, you, you know, whatever. Um, and so I'll start using hardware just, and a lot of the time I will then sample it. A lot of the time I'll just literally get the hard, hardware synth, turn it into drum sound, then sample it. I mean, this looks fantastic. This looks this looks It does really look really good, good actually. That, that stuff's yeah, great, yeah. Sugar Bites. Definitely. Sugar Bites, I, I have a lot of time for Sugar Bites stuff. I have a lot of their their software and it's it just always just does i don't know it always just does something slightly more than you expect it to do if that makes sense that's what i always find about their stuff they kind of you can kind of work to a certain level and you think oh this is sounding really good and then there's always that extra little bit that you can do you know with their plugins so um i think it's great I, yeah i mean i'll be i'll definitely be buying this that looks Really it does good. look. It does look really good. I mean, I th I think you're right about hardware. The thing about hardware is, though, generally the level of control that you want in the real minute details of of maybe a decay time, you yep. don't generally get the right control law for drums because it's covering you know really short right up to kind of you know ten seconds. So Ooh. whereas this is going to be, you want that range to be narrowed. So if the control law is good and perhaps you can control compute and map it, then it would make more sense. And so. 
getting those drum sounds on hardware while it's more satisfying is actually quite difficult if it's not a specific drum hardware thing but to get that exact thing, right? You're exactly right. And that's why a lot of the time, that's why I sample it, essentially. Oh, and then the, attack, and then and then do some software envelopes to it as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know if you can drop your own samples into this. I know, Robbie, I, I'm guessing, I can't see any drum machines in your gaff there, but I, I suspect you might have one or two. Oh, look, I can't, yeah, it's out of yeah. shot. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, my favourite drum, I, I like the old stuff, but I also like the, the Uno drum, which is my current sort of oh, favourite yeah, drum toy. Yeah. Especially now they've got the new anthology of samples that you can just drop in. Um, so you've got all sorts of stuff there. But um, I, I think both of you touched on two things. That I, I was So my, my point of view is probably worth a stand. But uh, as Ty says, you know, I, I like the hardware. I like hands-on. But as you say, you can't necessarily get that depth of control and, and, and customization with a bit of hardware that a piece of software can. When I program drums uh, here, it's I, I'm either using pads, you know, finger pads on my Arturia keyboard, or I've got the drum kit downstairs, which is, you know, the Elisis drum kit, which I can then hook up and just play stuff in. Um, I don't like to do that on a piece of software. I don't feel comfortable programming drums on screen because I guess I'm a physical drummer. So Right, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, but th th this, yeah, I mean, this looks like it's got... A, everything you would possibly need to, to create anything you possibly you know want in a nice little package and you know the, the sound that i heard um, there's some interesting stuff coming out of it yeah i mean i think it's worth a try a, a lot of their stuff i mean their product range seems to be about 120 bucks or 120 euros is it 120 euros let me have a look i'm just trying to think. yeah 119 dollars 119 is it across the board so you could pick it i don't think there's a special offer on this but uh eight sound engines each one layering a resonator wavetable and resynth uh filter compressor overdrive two kinds of reverbs uh two envelopes and lfos plus synth engine modulators 16 step sequencer intelligent randomizer so it's it, it's i think it's quite good for programming patterns as well rather than just but, but i mean you can just play it i guess just trigger those sounds easily easy keyboard mapping for patterns mutes and engine triggers and all that stuff this looks great actually uh, if you want to check it out it's called drum computer and it's by sugar bites bites with a y-t-e-s so uh, well worth think, checking out sorry i think more than anything else i think what's great about it is the fact that you know anything that can kind of move away from the samples that we're all used to hearing day in day out right. I mean, that's the thing about drum synthesis because it was a there was a period where it was a big thing and everyone did it. And um, the nice thing about that was is that you would always be hearing these different drum sounds that didn't particularly sound like drums. They were just interesting percussive sounds. And it's almost like there's almost a kind of a laziness that's kind of hit the scene now where a lot of drum sounds are sounding all sounding the same because we're all using the same samples and the same library. So anything that can, can encourage um, just moving away from the norm as such, I think, I think is fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, I it's, it's, really it's interesting. There was a, um, uh, in uh, Jamie Liddell's, uh, Liddell's uh, last podcast, uh, where he, or, or I think it was the one he talked to Richard Devine, where he was talking about randomising stuff. And one of the things with modulators, uh, certainly with drums, I mean, I've done it before, certainly mod you, you randomise the decay. So you end up with this kind of, and if you can nuance it ever so slightly, you end up with this real sort of variance that you couldn't get, which sort of emulates 
something more human and this looks like it's got all of that stuff going on as well so you can change things up it's great for sort of evolving hi-hat parts and hi-hat sounds all of that sort of thing so yeah well worth checking out okay um let's let's just uh, run this is uh our, well, it's time for our friends over at isotope to run the competition it's competition time folks you can win isotope ozone 9 advance just carry on watching Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. And there really is a whole, there's tons and tons and tons of resources that they've got there now. Oh, I seem to have, uh, oh yeah, I don't know what happened there. I kind of zoomed in unexpectedly. Um, yeah, so uh, if you want to win a copy of Isotope's uh, RX, uh, sorry, Ozone 9 Advanced, uh, here's what you have to do. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag 17 years of mastering because that's how long they've been making Ozone, which is an astonishing kind of thought, really, that it's in double figures and even that long. 17, at uh, the number 17, years of mastering. All one word as a hashtag. And the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's on Twitter. So 17 years of mastering and the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And of course, we have a winner from last time. Uh, we're looking for last week. Uh, the hashtags were um, for streaming two because uh, you could use it to do specific mastering tasks that make streaming sound better. So uh, let's just bring this up. The winner this week is someone called Gabriel Fields uh, at Fields underscore Gabriel. Uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, they tweeted, maybe Ozone will work for streaming too. Yes, indeed it does. So uh, thank you very much for entering. Uh, so if you want to get in touch, Gabriel, uh, we will uh, pass your details on to the Isotope people and they will be able to drop a full working Isotope 9 advanced, Ozone 9 advanced in your inbox. Uh, thanks very much to them for their continued support of the show. Very much appreciated. Right, uh, Sugar Bites. Uh, uh, let's have a look. Um, what have we got next? Uh, oh, uh, did I get the modular controllers? I'm not sure if I did, actually. Um, let's have a look. Let's do this one. I think this one looks like fun. Uh, where is it? Did I actually get it in the right place? Oh, yeah, here we go. So this is a video by um, Fami M. His channel seems to be focused on tape loop experiments. And obviously he's got some sort of interesting uh, stuff going on here. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Uh, there wasn't much in the description. But it's a real old-school music concrete combined with modern digital kind of frozen reverbs and delays and what looks like mechanical playback. So, yeah, he's got the loop running into... I'm not sure what that looper is. That's an unusual looper. I've not seen that one before. And he's just changing the tapes. And I just think it's a lovely sort of thing. It feels like the sort of thing that would be nice to do over Christmas if you have the sort of tape recorder that can handle that sort of thing. 
I know, it's a shame Rich isn't on actually because I know he's um, he studied music concrete and uh, you know went to went to college about the time when that sort of stuff was was still very much in the cu- curriculum. Uh, I know Ty, you actually you did, didn't you? Did you um, study music concrete? Did you worry? Yeah, yeah, I did all that. Yeah, I did all of that, and um, I spent many days in a studio with tape loops going around various studios with microphone stands stretching and going around corners. And yeah, it was, you basically used to have to hire out the studio and the only type, but because there were one, two, three, four studios where I was, um, but because you basically had to have the space to get the really big tape loops, you used to have to um, book the studio overnight. So you used to have to go in really late uh, you get going at 10 o'clock at night and basically book all the studios, not just one studio, you'd have to book them all out and just to have your tape loops going and writing right, all this, exactly this, exactly this kind of stuff. But obviously we didn't have loop, there were no loopers um, back then. So you used to just have to do, have multiple tape loops on multiple machines, writing all this, you know, kind of ambient stuff. And um yeah, it's it's great. I mean, there's, there's a physicality to it when you're using loops. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's you you know because you've used used tape and you've done, you know, it's really hard to explain to people that haven't used tape. Why would and you splicing yeah. blocks? Yeah, why would you splicing blocks and chalk and you know, kind of doing writing writing stuff where to get the note. We've all seen the. A radiophonic workshop where to you know kind of to get the different notes you're basically chopping up bits of tape and then sticking them back together and then changing the pitch and re-recording it and and all of that until you do it you have to it's hard to explain what is so special about it um because everything that would take days to do you can now do in you know a minute on your and, phone and yeah. so, <laughs> Yeah, on your phone. And so why would you do it? But there's something, it's not just visiting, you know, kind of um, memory lane and it's not just, you know, reminiscing. There is something very physical about it that is very hard to explain to, to a younger generation. But it's it's fantastic to do. So I can understand why this guy's doing this because it's, um, yeah, it's this it takes you down a, a different route. It's, it's gorgeous. It's lovely. I, th- I think there's a real movement, actually. I know James Bernard, who is, uh, works for Propellerheads, but used to, uh, sorry, used to work for Propellerheads and does a lot of his own ambient stuff. He's been posting little experiments with his four-track, where he's created tape loops in a cassette, and he's got four-track mm-hmm. cassettes, and, and just so you fade up all these different things. So, I mean, I think it's sort of, it's like vinyl, Robbie, you know, or, or Fairlights. I mean, for, even, not, even on the Fairlight, it's still a kind of, you know, it's quite an achievement to be able to t- do something like this. There is something kind of quite nostalgic about this but yeah but fun at the same time and that's, i think yeah that's what what time was driving i think i was kind of nodding and saying yeah it's 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 the process it's not necessarily the output it's the process you go through and the fact that you're chopping up all this stuff or if you're on a fair like you know it's a it's it's a similarly laborious task but it's that actual hands-on process and then you get the output and it's so much more satisfying because you didn't just go there into a phone and and you know, do something really quick. I, um, the weekend before last, I had the immense honour of hanging out with David Vorhouse and Brian Hodgson, who were two-thirds of White Noise, and also Mark Ayres from the Radiophonic Workshop. And I, I'm sat around this table at the British Library talking to these guys about looping tapes and and how sampling, you know, when, when they got their fair light at the workshop, 
what difference did that make? And, and people like, you know, Delia Derbyshire, you know, would just shun that stuff because tape was her thing. She knew exactly how to get exactly what she wanted. And she just um, just shunned any kind of, you know, modern synthesizer technology. But to, to sit with guys like Brian Hodgson and talk about, you know, these, like Ty said, you know, they used to go in really late at night when there was nobody else. So they could make use of everything. Uh, around the whole, you know, the, the the place that they had there it was just fascinating stuff. But I like this. I, 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 you know, I like that kind of ambient stuff. Um, I was just waiting for some kind of minimalistic two-step, you know, drum beats, kind of you know, burial-esque type stuff because that's what I like. But um, I like that. Um, and I am sat here thinking, eh, you know, you can do that in a plugin or, or or in a keyboard nowadays. But where's the fun in that? Well, there is fun, but yeah, it's it's an interesting. It is interesting how uh, I mean, you know, you need you need to be pretty dedicated and sort of prepared to be able to pull this stuff off. You can't just kind of go, I know, let's do it now. You have to have it all there, I guess. You know, like you said, I think I think I think what's I think a perfect combination is would be very simple, which is you start off with this kind of you know kind of if you get the chance or you know you can to almost create beds or pads or just ambiences like this and then just record you know i've said this before about leaving you know craftwork supposedly used to leave their sequencer you know overnight just recording random stuff and then come back in the morning and listen to it and see if they could find anything that had accidentally sounded you know kind of any good i think wow. this kind of um, I got this kind of chance because when you're when you're layering on all these layers, you know, different tapes, and you're not really quite sure where it's going to go or what's going to happen or how the timing's going to match or the keys are going to what's going to happen. It's all quite random, and then I think there's something quite special in forming this kind of random texture, and then taking sections and doing then putting it basically into the door and then doing something with it. I think I told you that I did a. I can't remember what the project was now. A couple of years ago, I did um, all of the beds using uh, Lyra 8. And as we know, the Lyra 8 is so unpredictable that you never quite know what is going to get, what you're going to come out of it. So I literally will just record of me messing Lyra 8 and then finding bits and putting them back into the door and then using them as the basis of a track. So I think using this kind of technology... Um, as a basis for something and then building on top of that would be great. But I think one thing just coming difference between tape and, and computer and sequencing, um, as Robbie was saying about when he met all the, the radiophonic workshop guys is back in the day, I wrote a, a piece really struggling, quite a big piece, really struggling to write it on a four, four track cassette. Okay. And it took me forever. We, you know, the the technique of bouncing three oh, God, tracks yeah. down onto one track and then onto another track, and then, another. and it was it was it was awful to do in terms of the um, mechanics behind it. But the piece was amazing. But six months later, all of a sudden, I had a MIDI sequencer, samplers. You know, I had all the synths there, and now it was really easy to write the same piece. And so, of course, the first thing you do is you go, oh, I love that piece. I'm going to go and redo that piece. Now I've got all the modern tech. And I tried to make it identical, and it never sounded even a fraction as good as the original version. And it's simply because all of the effort, all of the, the drama that went into doing that first version was what made it what it was. 
Yeah. And the moment you don't have that, the moment it becomes easy, you lose a huge part of the piece. And this is why, exactly as you said, we've got four tracks on our on our phones now, multi-tracks on our phones. But that will never be the same as having something as limited as a four-track reel-to-reel or a four-track cassette or a four-track, you know, because we kind of know that once it's on the phone and we've got our four-tracks, we can just stick it somewhere else and... Do you, think that, do you think that's down, is it the eye of the beholder or actually the case? I mean, because I think to a degree, you know, it, it it may be the fact that it's everybody can do it now that it becomes less impressive when you hear it. So therefore it doesn't have the same emotive quality because you know, you know that it didn't, you know, it could have been really easy to do. But I mean, by the same token, you hear a song that has a great strong meaning for you and, and the, per, the person who's wrote it said, oh yeah, I did it. I whistled it at the back of a bus in 30 seconds and now it's, so you know, I, I wonder about that. How 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 true that is? Whether it's whether you could measure it, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a totally fair point. But I think there's a difference between technically things being simple and musically things being simple. I think that's I think there's for me there's a difference there because musically some of the best stuff that I that I've written and some of the best the best songs that I enjoy are actually quite simple. Yeah. Um, and some of the more complicated stuff, you know, kind of works less well. But I think there is definitely something about if things when you, when it comes to technology and the actual the the studio side of things, if things are too simple, I don't know. There's I, for me, there's just a lot to be said for that. For it's that struggle. There has to be a certain struggle. As much as I don't struggle musically, I like there to be a struggle when it comes to. The, the tech side of things, if that makes sense. I like, not a struggle, that's the wrong word. Just because you, you need to invest you in it. To be you want some in, put some investment in it. Yeah, I, I think it was... Yeah, yeah you, you as an artist, as an artist, you've got to be satisfied. Otherwise, you know, if it's just too easy, you're just banging stuff out left, right and centre and it's it's no fun. And and you, you, said, you need you that creative Ed restriction. Sheeran. Sorry, what was Ed that? Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Not a fan, I'm guessing. Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. I actually generally don't have a problem with Ed Sheeran, but I just think it would be nice if you actually wrote a second song. That's all. It's That's all. But anyway, carry on. That's my rant. Sorry. Okay. I have to... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry, no, I think you're right. I, I, this is interesting. I mean, I, I'd like to try it out. I mean, I wonder if there's that how easy it would be to get. Because I mean, a, it's kind of hard to find a tape machine these days, and tape stock. So you know, you're a limited, you're limited there. I mean, but uh, yeah, so I, it's it's actually harder to do just because you can't pick this stuff up very easily. So it's you know, it's a tricky, it's but a tricky thing. Tape, to pull tape is making a big come, or cassettes are making comebacks. I mean, I just bought this today. This is. Uh, Guess what? It's the new Daphne and Celeste single, but it's um, uh, trust me, it's good. Uh, but it's on cassette, um, and it's cassette sales it's are now at an all-time high. Wow, Daphne and Celeste. <laughs> I remember Daphne and Celeste. Yeah. Wasn't that like a wasn't that like a novelty record? It, well, they were kind of a, a bit of a novelty act, but um, Max Tundra, um, whose real name um, evades me at the moment, he's a really good producer, had this crazy idea of reforming the band, and he got in touch with him a few years ago and he did a whole album with them and please dismiss all preconceptions that you have of Daphne and Celeste because it's all pretty much Max Tundra's stuff and then they're just singing on top of it. 
but this this is a remix by a guy called David Shrigley and Lee Baker, and it's really dark and 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 synthy, and it's very good. Wow, but interesting. Yeah. Definitely uh, less. Tape stocks must be back on the rise because the sale of cassettes uh, is increasing. So just to get you know a simple strip of tape must be, can't be too bad. And looking at that guy's setup. Um, it's he looks like he's just deconstructed an old cassette recorder which you can pick up for 20p from a car boot sale and he's made his own little spindle uh, and then he's just feeding it through some effects i mean i'm not saying it's is really easy but it doesn't look that difficult oh well can, okay. I just, can i just mention cassette can i just have a quick because sure. i'm i'm struggling with cassette because um on so many levels i just i don't quite get it because there are certain things that come back and you, you know, you can understand why vinyls are still around and has made a surge and is, is coming back. But the problem I have with cassette is simply the fact that you, you and I, and we all, we all used to master cassette. We, cassette, we always do record, you know, kind of do our multi-tracks on cassette at some point. And we always knew that cassette was a bit rubbish and yeah. cassette had so many things that was wrong with it. And, there is this resurgence. You know, I've seen some of my artists now releasing their albums on cassette, which I'm, I don't kind of get anyway. But there's one major flaw in this plan, which is I went to buy a new cassette deck to listen to, as it turned out, it was actually my old demos from when I was 17, 18, and I tried to buy a cassette deck. You go and try and find a current cassette deck that's actually a good cassette deck we know back in the day we had tiak and and was it dragon and you know and and, and um akai and panasonic and they all used to do Nakamichi, these really yeah. sony yeah, yeah Nakamichi, these fancy cassette decks they don't exist and my argument is that the, the only one i went to look and there's like a i think it's like a 300 pound tiak or tascam desk uh, cassette that's it it's a double cassette there's no i think it's dolby B. there's no Dolby C, no Dolby S. Dolby S was fantastic, but there's none of that. It's, I think it's Dolby B, which was rubbish. And, but I, I, and the other cassette deck, there's got no Dolby. And that's the only decks that are available currently to play modern cassettes. No. So what on earth are <laughs> these cassettes that are being sold, what are they being played on? Because the only other thing I could find was a little, like a little kind of Walkman, that was a kind of pretend Walkman with the USB out. And that was it. If someone knows of a really good quality, new, not second-hand, because we all know what the heads go like on second-hand and cassette decks, let me know, because I'd love to buy one, but mm. they're not out there. So I suspect how is Ramon? Yeah, I know. I, I expect there's one factory, uh, you know, in the East that makes cassette mechanisms and supplies everybody, and that's it. It's a one-size-fits-all thing. And same with tape heads as well. I'd imagine it's probably, you know, there's just nobody but making there's, there's, them. There's no decks out there. There's no new decks out there. There's this Tiak and Tascam one. That's you mark my words, we'll sit Nam, they'll be like that'll be the hot product. There'll be brand new cassette decks from everybody. That'll oh, be that'll probably be it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's what we. Or as, or as Chris Head has said in the chat room, Behringer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably that. true. They probably will. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I found with cassettes is that um, in certain genres of music, particularly like the synth wave uh, movement, if you could call it that, um, they're heavy on selling their stuff on cassette, even mini disc. I mean, I've bought mini discs, and I still have the hardware to play it back on, so it's quite cool. And it's yeah, you know, it's cute, and I think a lot of the 
the resurgence recently in cassettes is more of a nostalgic collecting thing. I mean, yes, I do have a tape deck, but I will probably not play that. Um, I'll stick that in the cupboard with all the other cassettes and just put the digital download on when I want to listen to it. But um, it, it's interesting. And it's true what Ty says, you know, the hardware is, unless you've got some really good old stuff kicking about that hasn't, you know, fallen foul of, uh, you know, what tape decks used to go through, then, um, yeah, you're pretty much stuffed at the moment. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I think on that uh, nostalgic end, it's probably time to uh, time to wrap things up. I know you guys are busy. I appreciate that. I've got to. Uh, I've got a bit of shopping to do. I've, I've started my Christmas shopping. I've still got to finish it. I think there's still time to order stuff via Amazon or wherever it is that you choose. I think the Christmas market in Bath is about to stop. Uh, so yeah. Oh, I hope you have a, a a good week, folks. And like I said, I'm I'm hoping that we can pull off a quiz next week, a real time quiz. What I'm looking for is if you want to email in or get in touch with, if you have 10 questions, I'm going to do four rounds, so I can't promise they'll all be used. And that could be like clips, you know, maybe uh, 10, 10 sound clips and you go what what the what each track is and then maybe there's a connection round. I'm looking for that sort of stuff because I've figured out how to make a, a quiz work in real time and you'll be able to enter the uh, answers in Google Forms and then we'll get it into a spreadsheet and then someone can mark it. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm still working, looking for prizes as well. So a Christmas quiz next next week is what we're aiming for and hopefully we'll get some rounds anybody want to uh, submit we're looking for four rounds of 10 questions so if you want to do um one round that's totally fine by me i might have a round that i did for a new year's eve quiz if in case we're stuck so that uh, will depend because if there's no questions then uh, i'm gonna struggle to write 40 questions and they could be synthy obviously because you know that's the nature of our uh, of our industry and our podcast but i want to say thank you very much everybody for joining us uh, i want to also say uh, while i still uh, can uh, if you want to enter the competition to win ozone 9 advanced uh, we're looking for the hashtag 17 years of mastering and the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we're also, uh, I would like to point out the offer that Splice are offering, uh, which is 30 days of free uh, 100 sound uh, subscription. Uh, you go to on.splice.com forward slash 347 MPJ capital Q. That's on.splice.com forward slash 347 MPJ capital Q and the promo code is Sonic State 100 if you want to enter that and that'll give you uh, what you need to do folks thank you it's been a pleasure to have you Ty I hope you do feel okay and the, the cold doesn't get you I get that all the time where I feel like I'm getting ill and it never quite gets me so maybe you'll be you'll be off the hook fingers crossed, fingers crossed. yeah you'll be fine Fine. And if I don't see if I don't see you before, have a lovely, lovely Christmas and all the things well, that go with it. If there's a quiz going on next week, I think next Wednesday might be okay. Actually, and if Ooh, there's a quiz going okay. on, you know, you can't keep me away from a good quiz. Okay, well, I can't promise a good quiz just yet, but I can promise maybe a quiz of some sort if we get that. So, uh, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Ty, and also thank you, Robbie, for jumping in. And I uh, hope you have a look. You look like you're probably going to have a lot of fun over Christmas with some free time. Uh, you've got a DX5 T-shirt. Is that a DX5 you've got behind you to, to enjoy as well? Yeah, picked that up a few weeks ago. Um, in, in mint, well, almost mint condition. The aftertouch is a little bit dodgy, but it, that's nothing that can't be fixed. But yeah, love it. And and it's I've now got I, I went I bought, bought the DX5. I've now got a TX7, a QX5, and an RX17. So I've kind of got the full 
early 1980s Yamaha recording studio. Oh, excellent. You need, uh, yeah, what was it, the MTX? MTX4, wasn't it? Wasn't there a yeah. four-track cassette as well? You need one of them. The, the MTX4, yeah. And then there's the DMP7, which is the digital. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I oh, hope you, then, I hope you have a make much uh, a joy with it. Uh, that's great, but thank you very much for joining us. I'll go to the uh, the four shot, pleasure. folks. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we will see you all next week. Uh, there's a show next week, but as I say, none on the twenty fifth, obviously, and none on New Year's Day, very obviously. Um, so after next week, we'll be back on January the eighth, and then we'll be one more show, and it's Nam. God, I can't believe it's coming up so soon. Anyway, that's it for this time. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all. Uh, Maybe next week. Bye-bye now.